start with the intro. Um, so Angela Bushesca is a 19-year-old upcoming student at Lafayette College and a Macedonian social entrepreneur, research innovator, and speaker. She is the founder and CEO of Enroute, uses the power of STEM to make change, uh, STEM to make change. And as a victim of cyberbullying, she shares her voice to motivate fellow teenagers. In 2020, she was recognized as a youth talent by the president of North, North Macedonia and took part in the Global Citizen Year Academy, assisted by Sean Mendes Foundation. Uh, Angela, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here. Right. So I guess to, just to start with the uh, interview, uh, the, the, so the, the first thing I would say, uh, you know, when I read your, uh, when I want to check um, your website, uh, there, so you have done many stuff. You have done uh, science projects. You, you've done your own research projects, and you've also uh, spoken uh, on TED Talks, and you've done many other things uh, that we're going to talk all about uh, all of that. But I, I guess the, the, the first thing I would say is that I would like to ask you about is the, uh, the bullying that you went through. And I would like to uh, like ask you about how you went from that and the experience of bullying to a motivation speaker because you have for the for the listeners, uh, Angela has done two uh, TED talks. So uh, how would you describe that uh, that journey from like you know being bullied in school and then to a uh, TED speaker? Well, yeah, it has been like a I would say a big journey that has that have passed through. But yeah. So first of all, I have been bullied for, I would say the first nine years of my school education. And I'm not talking about bullying where you are just said you're told something at moments. I'm talking about severe bullying that, for example, if you're in school like for seven hours, the bullying is seven hours. Like in every single moment my classmates could use, I was like called up names. And that was basically I would say that I was overweight a lot of the time, but that was not the real problem. The real problem was me not conforming. You know, we are not used to having people who are not conforming to a certain situation, uh, especially when you're coming from a small place like I am. Uh, you know, everyone has is expected to conform to the most popular students and what they should tell to the society and for you as a woman to do something. Uh, sometimes it goes to like that. So I was not conforming and I was always wanting to do something that I personally wanted to do, not caring about the society, neither, I was like, I'm a rebel at heart and you're like listening to the wishes of my family. So if they said, uh, don't pursue math, I, I wouldn't listen to them. Like I'm a rebel at heart at something that I, like, I uh, believe that I should go for. So that was, that was the main reason why I was bullied constantly and called names. Um, I'm saying that thankfully I was a girl at some times because that bullying would, would be even physical. It was just mental for me. So I never uh, had some physical abuse at school. But I believe that if maybe I was a boy, then that would be a, a physical too, which um, I don't want that privilege, but this is just the reality that I face. Mm -hmm. And having, meeting this every day, on an everyday perspective, I kind of got to a situation where like in six, seven grades, I became very shy. I was really talkative when I was a small girl, but when I got to my six and seven grades, I come to be very shy. Um, all of the influence really affected me and I thought that something's wrong with me, you know, and no one is perfect, actually. We all have something that is wrong with any of us, but they them to embrace and not to bully. Mm -hmm. So going on that, I passed through a phase where it was really dark and I didn't have any 
you know, power to say a word. Like I feel completely powerless. You know, you can like raise your hand in class, get a cup of water, but I couldn't because I thought that, you know, if I raise this hand, someone will come across me and say something. So I better be invisible, you know? And I've become totally invisible. Like my voice didn't matter. And I'm not that person, you know, I'm loud and, and as I said, rebel. So thinking and staying in this position for more than two years of being no one, saying nothing, better uh, be quiet and don't make problems, it was tiring. For me, it was tiring to be uh, invisible. Not that I want to have attention, but because when I see something, I want to raise, raise my voice because that matters. Because I'm in the school and no matter if I have 50,000 followers or only two of my best friends, it can change lives. So I gained force back in ninth grade in primary school, just say who I am. And I realized the bullying will, will continue no matter what you do. Because even though I was invisible, the bullying didn't stop. You know, people will find something that they think it is bad, whatever you're doing. There was one story with a donkey that, well, however you're using the donkey, basically people will talk about. So that was the same for me. I When I was speaking loud, I was bad. After that, I was quiet. Again, I was bad. So all these influences and seeing that how people, again, there will, will some people who, again, will hate you no matter what you do because uh, that, that's the nature of life. I thought that it's enough. And after that, um, I decided to, to quit and to just, just speak out. But it wasn't easy, you know. Um, the bullying had some consequences of mine. It still have. But well, less than that, but the bullying had some severe consequences in me that, for example, when I decided like, to speak up, I thought like, oh, everything was getting back into my mind. So as a result of that, I started to speak up one by one, person by person, family by family. And I have, I have luck and ran away from my uh, small city in a private science school where I won scholarship. And then I found like a different place, a place where not, I would say everyone was like me, but the place where I was understood. And together with debate, so everyone who's listening to this, debate is, is uh, something that will definitely change your life. I got into debate. I was lucky to have a fantastic teammate who taught me a lot about speaking up and sharing your voice, even when you're not sure about something. When you, you just go on and uh, fight everything you can and just speak up. And I, you know, I was telling that in seventh grade, when I was like at the core of the bullying, I ran away once from, from a stage. My teacher chose me to give a speech, but I ran away. Mm-hmm. Now, I would say years later, I stopped to run away from stages. That, that's how I did it. Because now, basically, I understood that people are afraid to see unconventional people. And unconventional, where I'm coming from, is everything that isn't a white man in a tuxedo. Everything is unconventional. We are unconventional. And now I don't know where I'm away from stages anymore. I stay there and I don't care if I'm the unconventional speaker. As long as someone there needs my voice and I'm representing someone in the audience, I am there. And if thousands of people say something, but one believes in what I say, I'm staying there. And that is how we all should act because our voice represents someone voiceless. You know, I have a best friend who's a fantastic singer. Like she sings very beautifully. And I said like, you like, you know, I, I really wanted to sing, but I don't have that kind of, of superpower. But one thing I've realized is that she sings for the ones of us who cannot sing, right? But I have a voice to speak up. 
So I can speak up for the ones who are who don't don't have the chance. So I was thinking about that way, and there is no reason for me to not share my voice. As I said, one person touched, just one person changed. It's enough reason for me to be there. And I think that is a trajectory how that daunting bullying really got me to to just I would say have this shield on me and uh, not not allow people's thoughts of something that is not constructive. I accept constructive feedback. I love feedback of improving, but I don't accept hate. There is no room for hate on this world. We are anyway here for a very short ride. So let's live it with love instead of hate. Yeah. Yeah. That, so when you said about, uh, you know, when you said about like, I think so there, there was this phase when you uh, became like, let's say shying away from, you know, the, the spotlight. There's an interesting saying by uh, Carl Jung said that so like so when you grew up you know when you uh, grew up then you became talkative again as you were when you were a kid so there's an interesting thing by Carl Jung who said that you know when adults should make sure that they connect with their childhood energy uh, because that's going to make them uh, happy because what happens what happens is that uh, you know conventionally as people grow older they become more uh, rigid and you know less energetic about their life or less optimistic about their life. So I think that you really did the unconventional. Like when you, as you were growing up, you connected with who you were uh, as a child. That's really uh, beautiful. Yeah, and one thing I want to like address here is that we're all very happy and very cheerful as children, right? Because we don't know the meaning of bad society. I've had a great pleasure to understand how society knows to put us down at a very young age. So now at 19, I return back to my own childhood. And that is, I think, the master of something that I really want for myself to pursue. Like, as a child, you're very happy and enthusiastic about things. You're very cheerful and uh, seeing the good things. Now, even though I will have to deal with bills, that doesn't mean that I don't uh, have the opportunity to be cheerful like um, I try to approach every just apart from the bullying approach every single task in life just with some happiness for example I uh, maybe sometimes we hate going to I don't know the post in the bank it is not right nobody wants to weigh down line in a bank to open a bank account but for example I start conversations with people around me and some people think I'm well like I bother people and that's true someone some people don't want like you to, to talk to them in the bank, but some people really enjoy it and you share things and it is cool and it's interesting and it is a way to spend your time faster. So I don't know, just, just try and go out of the box. Like you will have to find people who will love it. And that's, I think we should all, always focus on that. I mean, that's life. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Angela, let's focus, let's talk about uh, COVID uh, because that's something that it's very recent. We are part of it. Uh, we are living it. That's one of the reasons that, you know, we are talking, like one of the reasons that we, you know, we met, right? Because the, because of the Academy. Uh, the Academy was due to the fact that they created the Academy, Global Citizen Academy, for those who don't know, because of the pandemic, the COVID. So, yeah, so I, I, so one of, so I would ask you that, um, so you've, taught, you've done uh, many projects uh, during the last year. Something that I, I should have done as well, like because I was just like at at home reading. Uh, yeah, when I when I read to you, like saw your website and the things that you had done uh, in the past year, that was really inspirational. So there are a couple of like very I would say really um, amazing things that you have done uh, for 
you know, you, so it says fighting COVID. That's that's the let's say subheading in your website. So I, I would just let you uh, explain this. How, how was you know 2020? How would you uh, describe that? And what were the things that you did uh, during the during uh, the, the pandemic? Yeah, so 2020 and 2021 also, um, they're a devil in disguise, definitely. <laughs> so I think that they're the blessing and they're the curse at the same time. So like, look, I'm, I, okay. So starting from March, 2020, when basically, mm -hmm. you know, the earth closed, I was crying that day. Like it was mm -hmm. my last day of high school and I didn't know it. I had to like give the valedictorian speech in my high school. I was so excited and so happy about everything that was coming to, you know, like working for four years in my high school, having some great friendships and everything, you know, celebration of that. And yet they call us, everything is canceled. Do what you want, find your own way. We don't have a choice. You see, I think that the, we people who are, who are living through this, we matured really quickly because when you're, out of high school and you're out of you know people like elders people who didn't leave COVID were out of high school you know they had their teachers saying them like it will be okay this you will do this you will do that but we were just thrown into the ocean do whatever you want like now yeah. it's COVID you have to fight on your own you finish high school now it's your own world and it's not yeah. easy because no one taught us to live in a pandemic right I didn't know how to live in a pandemic I guess the, COVID hit. Yes. I guess no. sorry, just but I think that I think that what happened was that I think sometimes like freedom itself is a cage. All right. I think the ultimate freedom by I think that that also kind of a cage that it kind of imprisons us and that kind of stops us stops us from enjoying life. That's something I think. Yes. Um, you know, high school with boundaries, we had deadlines, timelines, competitions, exams. It was we know we had a blueprint of our days. We know what to expect. And now with COVID hit and I was out of high school because like I graduated, I had no idea how to behave in a pandemic. And neither, no one did. Um, I would say I was living with my family. They never survived a pandemic. We don't know how, we don't know anything basically. No one did actually. Neither the, like, the most famous scientists understood what is going on. So... When the pandemic started, like first we said, okay, the two week thing, we'll stay home with two weeks and it will pass away and all back. Oh my God, how optimistic we were. So going on to that, um, I really get nervous when there is some huge problem out there and I cannot do anything like so bad because, you know, the pandemic is something that affects everyone. It's the greatest challenge. There is no such big challenge as a pandemic is. Because you know, with a war, you're affecting maybe some special pieces. I'm not a person who loves war, then it doesn't get me wrong. But with a, when you have a war, or when you have a conflict, you have between two countries, you have even the world wars were not, we didn't occupy every single place in the universe, right? For example, my countries were not so occupied by like, some wars. But with the pandemic, you have every single place, every single village is occupied, and everyone is at risk. For example, when you're in a country, like if you have a war, unfortunately, like we had this year between Israel and Palestine, I, I really hated to see it. But personally, I was not affected. It's too far from them. Mm -hmm. But now with COVID, even though I live, can, I can live in the smallest village and again, I, I will have it. So it's emergent. Everywhere has it and everywhere can, can rely on it. 
So when something like that happens and you cannot help it anyway, it's kind of frustrating. Mm -hmm. So the government said, wear mask, have your two meters distance, wash your hands. And that's it. Like you can do that only that to just help us. And it is something, right? We are just wearing masks to help humanity. Um, I had the, the pleasure, I would say, to have some family members who were doctors and fought on the pandemic on the first hand. And I saw, like, I didn't saw them because it was um, not, like, allowed, but I talked to them to Zoom or all stuff and saw the grief in their eyes in the first hand. And I was like, oh, my God, what I'm doing, look at them fighting on the first line. And me here staying, complaining that my problem is canceled, like, all these things like I couldn't like rely on all these things that are happening in my life so um, I decided to go on and just try to research more so the first project I've done was in the beginning of the pandemic uh, it was called uh, like yeah it was by like, the name of fighting COVID but called viral alert and with viral alert what we, we have done is basically created uh, a tech program where you know because um, the process of taking contact of the one who are infected was really messy because mm -hmm. people were hiding their contacts. Mm. Uh, I under completely understood some of them because when you live in a small city like mine, if you tell your contacts, the whole city will know your contacts. And mm. people were afraid of that. People are afraid of that to leak things. So what we have created was basically something like um, a chat box, like WhatsApp or Signal, just for, um, a com com that has a part of artificial intelligence so that, um, the computer can ask you questions and get the information you need without all this, how I would say, without all the gossiping that you can do. Just the right things that you need, uh, putting into the Excel sheet and that's it. So yeah. we have done this and also we have tried it with, with some uh, organizations and it worked out. We have contacted through it some 300, 400 people in our areas who were afraid to say their contacts and through the artificial intelligence bot that we have created, it was working really good. Unfortunately, the government told us I'm sorry, we cannot continue on because, you know, it's not the government. The government and artificial intelligence and all that stuff can get in trouble. I completely understood. But mm. with the nonprofit organizations, we did a really good job. Like 400 people interviewed without leaking information was a proof how we can all grow. Only the government is not uh, so old-fashioned and doesn't accept like mm. novel solutions. Yeah, you know, when, when you're working in government, um, everything is so slow. You're passing laws very slowly. And COVID is not waiting for you to pass the laws, right? Like mm. you're passing one law for 40 days, but COVID is, wow, making, taking lives, so many lives on, on every day. So that's my advice for everyone listening, especially for the government sector, just act fast. For example, our program could save so many lives if it was put in the right place. But as I said, collaborations made, made some impact. And also a part of that project, a part of that Diagonal Flow project that we have created was also a database. Because people were afraid and didn't know where they can go to buy groceries. They didn't know where they can go and um, quarantine in hotels. So we have created just database. Hey, you can quarantine in these hotels. These are, these are offering free quarantines for you if you don't have place at home. Or you can buy groceries there because, you know, groceries at the beginning of COVID, they were uh, all gone. So just we have tried to inform our citizens as much as possible because at the end of the day, it was being stuck at home and uh, having no other information. Unfortunately, we had to like lock all of that um, after two or three months because, as I said, the government uh, made their own website, 
pretty pretty proud of them, but it was just our faster response. Like we have created those in five, six days after COVID started and the government waited like for two to three months. So I think the fast response is very needed when you have occasions like COVID. Yeah, so, I, so, so one of the things that, uh, something that uh, you introduced uh, during uh, the academy was this new app uh, called Enroute. Uh, so what would you like to share about that? Yeah, so I think that Enroot started as the joke of my life and it continues into something that I could never imagine. So yeah, with Enroot, I started, oh my God, it's already a year when I started Enroot. Yeah, we started Enroot on basically in the, in the beginning of August last year because I was pretty bored at home. I had to take a gap year of my college and I was just, um, looking at some ideas that I could do. So for all of you who are listening, um, I'm living in one of the most important, like most polluted cities in the world. And I was like really down to everything that's happening. And you know, while well, COVID was there, climate change didn't go anywhere. Just I have to say that because many people decided, come on, let's let climate change on one side, COVID is not here. But climate change was also here and we can see its consequences. Like we can see what's happening in Germany last week. Um, uh, in California, in everywhere. COVID is there, but so is climate change. And uh, having this in mind and understanding basically the science behind that, I've decided to just, as our mask safe action, because we were wearing masks all the time, uh, why cannot our own CO2 emissions make a change in our day-to-day perspective? And that's how I started COVID. I didn't know how to code or something like that. I was like a math student, but I, as I said, I was pretty bored at home. And when I enrolled into Global Citizen Year, thank you Global Citizen Year for changing our life. When I enrolled in Global Citizen Year, I've met some very fantastic people who were in love with sustainability. I would like to publicly thank Herman and Carla because they were basically the motivation behind this. And I jumped on Zoom interviews with them, like to ask, what are you doing for sustainability? How are you uh, manufacturing on a day-to-day basis? I have sent some surveys around the people in my Global Citizen Year Academy. And yeah, that's how I started. As I said, pretty enthusiastic, pretty as a joke. I didn't think that it will continue for more than two weeks, honestly. Just a small, enthusiastic project. And um, the cool thing is that before Enroot, I have like registered a nonprofit organization because of some projects that I have been doing that was like legally available to continue Enroot under the name of my nonprofit organization. Uh, and as time went on, I have firstly applied to a competition called the Social Impact Award here where I'm coming from. And that competition like, helped me to like, you know, go on deeply with Enroot and understand how I can grow it. And I said, yeah, let's finish this competition and we finish Enroot and go back to back. But um, I would say happily, we won like the third place in that competition. We were one of the winners and I said, maybe continue for more than two months and then we'll stop. You know, I, I was thinking about the stop more than I was thinking about the, the progress at the beginning. After that, um, I've met like global change makers, uh, a great fantastic organization who like supported us with so many resources and the first grant that we have received. And I said, yeah, so people are supporting us. Let's think about going on further and further. And you know, as we as I've introduced new things to people, as I the community grow, 
we are we have we've been touching lives unintentionally so unintentionally and i just have to say that for the creation of android i've never traveled a mile so no co2 emissions created for everything related to android because everything was online so the coolest thing is that when i summarized our impact in december last year it was around 3,000 people reached overall through speeches through campaigns through all that stuff and I was representing Android from December up to this weekend that we have touched 3,000 people. But the coolest thing is that I had to create a data report because we are now like a legal entity. And with the data report, we have to say like how many people you have reached. And it was it was something that really struck me. Our reach over one year has been 63,000 people from wow. Android. We have reached 63,000 people through online activities, through our application, through everything and I was just looking there oh my god it started as a pure joke and we have reached over 60,000 people um I'm really thankful and grateful for everyone that like helped us to do this because maybe I stood there as a, as a founder but definitely not as someone who has done all along like every person who I've met was so enthusiastic and they were the reason why I never like really gave up and I plan to, honestly, I plan to live it for so many times. But I think that's what happens when they say never give up and just continue and go on. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, we have changed the mindset of uh, eco-friendly transport and greenwashing corporations. And so many people, but we still have a long time to go. Now I don't think of quitting uh, any long, any soon, because I think it's something that, that put us on a, on a perspective where we can have an impact on especially the online communities it's i thought that with COVID, this will fail for as i said two weeks but i said with COVID, i met people around the world like you hear what i'm talking to like the folks from global citizen year from global change makers and so many organizations who gave me a chance to build communities so i believe that um as i said we have reached sixty thousand people and this is not the end but to everyone listening and like you can see through our website uh, and understand maybe um we are not like on a path to great success but as i said i am going with one person reach one life change so mm-hmm. it started out as a joke and this uh this summer we won the diana award of uh, like for a charity of princess diana i don't know what to say honestly this all happened unplanned unintentionally and that's why i said this 2020 and 2021 was a devil in disgust I hated the, the fact of people dying. For me personally, it was trailblazing. I've learned so many things. I, I'm a transformed person. Mm-hmm. I even started to work out, no kidding, in home. <laughs> Something that was not conventional for me. Yes, it definitely is a devil. And this, kind of, and this COVID would not be the last thing that we are facing a pandemic, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that um, new pandemics and stuff will come because and normal was not normal because if it was, we would never be here. So I just want to say that uh, next time when the next pandemic hits, we, we have to think about unconventional things that we have to do and not wait for the government. They are very slow on, on responding. We have to respond faster than them. Yeah. I, I agree with uh, everything. Also the, the last part that governments are very slow to act and you know we have to act uh, by ourselves. I think this is one of the reasons that one of the lessons that we learned uh, in Global Citizen Year Academy that, you know, like it's like, you know, like motivated, motivating the young, uh, yeah, younger generation to act. 
Exactly. And uh, younger generation is also as powerful as, as anyone else, um, especially the more powerful because they don't know. Maybe we don't know many things, but at the end of the day, we know how to uh, respond with what we have and what we can. And I think that that's the most. If, if every government was doing this, uh, the methods of young people doing it, I think that we will be in a very high stage position now. Yeah. So, so, I, so I think um, the other thing, um, uh, Angela, is that uh, other than uh, what you did last year, just last year, uh, you've also you're also a science enthusiast. So, what would you share about uh, like things that you have done uh, in uh, your all of your science projects? Yeah. So basically, everything I have done till now was based on science. I think in science, not because I'm a master of science, but because I think it's something more accessible to me. Like in the pandemic, there were two ways you can solve something. There were art and science. I'm definitely not the artsy one, so I had to be the sciencey one. No, um, art helps you basically to think and give people something to, to relieve themselves. And science for me is something that you give people solutions, basically. Like look at the vaccines, look at everything that's happening right now. The, the tracking, the everything, everything around that is science. And I've, I've been lucky to meet with science from a very long, young age, like seventh grade when I firstly participated in my first math Olympiad. So from them to now, I've never gave up. So I've tried science in many different forms. I've participated in like math Olympiads where I've been like a national runner up. I've participated in physics tournaments, but the most, the coolest thing I've loved is a science project because I love math and physics and I like you can leave me alone and so I will solve problems of my notebook for a year for like completely whole day but that doesn't have any impact I would say it has maybe long term I don't know but I'm a person as I said who, who is rebel and who wants to see right now immediately who wants to take action like we cannot wait for for so many things and my first intention was to go for a math to be a math student but something that I've realized is to be a math student, the impact will come like 30, 40 days, 40 years, sorry, later, because you have to become a very good practitioner to invent something like new in math, like a new, I don't know, formula or something like that. But the world now is so much in trouble and it cannot wait for me to graduate. You know, it cannot wait for me to get a diploma. And that's something that I want to say to all young people because we're, we are taught, especially, that you know, graduate then have an impact, but the world is not waiting for us to graduate. This so it's yeah. us, every single one of us. Um, I have heard that a four-year student, like uh, not student, but four-year child, basically, um, went across the streets of the Netherlands, I believe, and just shared good words with some people because he saw that everyone around him is so depressed, and just went on and shared some uh, good words. When he had four years can make the days of so many people, why cannot we? And this is science basically for me. I have, I would not say invented, but uh, did some cool things with science like um, rotating solar panels, um, oil, oil spills, rotations and all that stuff because I was inspired. Firstly, all my science projects come from one, inspiring by my personal problem and then go to two real life solutions. I love research, but if that research is not having genuine impact right now, today, 
I don't, I don't say it's not necessarily. But for example, artificial intelligence was uh, researched across so many years, so that I can use it right now. But then there's the other type of person who will be in academia for thousands of years before I invent something. I just want to go directly to the impact. And that's what the science brings to me. And to everyone that's listening, I just want to advise, especially to the girls, especially to the girls from non-developing countries, that we are often taught that, ah, come on, science is not for you. Science is for everyone. <laughs> I have still now been in classes with mostly male students. And not just, I'm not saying this to, I will now um, pray myself off. I'm just saying to motivate everyone here and never, never saw less capable of them, basically. I'm not going to measure who was, who was the best or that type of stuff, but I never seen myself less capable. And when introducing, when talking on the, like on the problem and something, we were all the same out there. So why, why put stigmas where they were not stigmas in the first place? Why put boundaries where there are no boundaries in the first place? This is just a made up thing that science is for men. It's a made up, everything is for everyone. And um, yeah, if you can, you know, it, it was not conventional for people to, I don't know, find space, but now it is. So there are no boundaries. Branson and Bezos, even though it's a completely different situation with all the money they have, I don't wanna talk about it, but I just wanted to say that they go went to space. So nothing is stopping us to pursue science. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, the, your approach to this is like very, I think it's, it's something that we should actually teach in school because, you know, they have an impact. And this is something that, you know, uh, polymaths of the past used to do, right? They, they had a very pragmatic approach uh, to all these sciences, right? They would, they would use this thing uh, to, make, to see what would be, like how they can use that to you know, to, to their own uh, you know benefit. So I think that yeah, this is not something that you know we should teach in schools and you know something that it's kind of activity of uh, not necessarily inventing but like synthesizing ideas and you know just constructing something. That I think that that's something that we should teach uh, in schools because that will like really uh, impact society and like the uh, individual. Absolutely. And as you said previously, uh, the, like the, the, even the oldest people, I mean, not the oldest people, but uh, the uh, oldest scientists like Aristotle and that kind of uh, generations, they've all used uh, the mathematics basically to, to help themselves with real life things. They were not fighting climate change for sure, but they were fighting with the animals, with the wild, they were searching for food. Anyway, they have used it for impact. So. Mm -hmm. We can think of it the same way. Yeah. yeah so, Angela, so, so th that's a, a different question. So, uh, is there anything uh, in your life that uh, you're most grateful for, or a couple of things, or many, th a few things that you're most grateful for? Five things I'm most grateful for. Wow, that's a good question. So, first, I will I will say being grateful for. Um, I, can, I cannot say in this particular order, but, but I want to mention here my math teacher, the first thing, because that person really pushed me when I was, uh, I thought that I was like being stuck at some places, whether it was with bullying or with math. Um, he always believed that like I could do something beyond what I have think about. And I think we all need that kind of person. And that's why teachers play a very important role in our day-to-day -day life. Not only teachers like in school, but anywhere you can, can be fine and be a teacher because mm -hmm. uh, you know when someone at least says, "Come on, you can do that." You know you can. For example, now maybe 
I can be myself motivating voice but when you are 15 you really need that so mm -hmm. I think that I'm really grateful for with my math teacher and to I can say basically that everything we have done with Andrew or whatever it is in my life is basically due to, due to him so mm -hmm. kind regards to that uh, second thing I'm grateful for is basically being um, being in a safe environment and alive with COVID. I don't know, we take very much things for granted, but in this year, so many people have died and we are here yet alive. So we are the chosen ones to continue on this fight. So whenever I think of like giving up, I'm saying, come on, you're alive. Like so many people have died during this year and you're, you have passed the next round, basically. You know, when you have exams and you fail the rounds so of, so many people died and they were failed, but we were the ones who passed. So we were given a second chance and we cannot like misuse it or we have to live with purpose because as I said, we had the amazing opportunity to continue while others didn't. That's the second thing I'm truly grateful for. The third one is I would say, um, I'm always like grateful. I have, um, I had the internet this year. I can say that I was grateful. I'm grateful for having the internet because we don't realize how this laptop and this connection is really meaningful to all of us. If I didn't had an opportunity to have internet this year, like if my parents didn't have. Uh, yes. Is it the problem over there or, or is my video uh, unstable? No, now, now it was my problem. So oh. I don't know where I've stopped. Uh, yeah, it, I forgot it was in the middle of like, you'd not uh, like mention the third thing. Okay, so the third is basically the internet. So the, I would say that we are, we are not understanding how the internet plays an important role because if I didn't have an opportunity to the internet and if my parents like, didn't, didn't have this opportunity, I wouldn't be here talking to you today, but mm -hmm. I wouldn't be in so many places because we are often thinking about how cool we are and how we have done this and that, but we don't think how privileged we were to mm -hmm. do that in the first place because there were maybe some people who had even cooler ideas than us, but didn't have the same resources. So maybe we, we're always thinking about how we don't have that thing or that car or that laptop or something that we don't have, mm -hmm. but just switch and think about what we all have. For example, I'm having internet right now, headphones, I can listen to you. Great. I have this. So I have to, to do these things to honor the one the one person who hasn't. And I think that the internet is something that I'm really grateful. And of course, the whole situation of my parents having me this year. I know it has been difficult for so many people around the globe. And I'm really happy that I've not been left basically homeless and all that stuff. So this is the third thing that I'm thankful for. The fourth thing that I could think of right now is basically... Basically, the will to never give up and try again and try stronger and try better. Um, I know it sounds cliche, but I know that everything I failed this year, I'm not only this year, but everything I failed through whole my life was just because I decided to quit instead of let's try again. And if you, I know sometimes you can say let's try again for 15 times or even more and it doesn't work out and that's good. But sometimes when you say let's work out, let's go. Let's try again. Sometimes it works maybe on the fifth time. And all the things I failed were just because I said, ah, let's give up too early. So I think that I'm grateful for the many things I said, 
come on, let's try one. Yeah. So I'm grateful for, for that and grateful for not having so directly so much support maybe from um, at the beginning, but not having that support is something more motivating because when you have an immense support, sometimes it's boring. You have to go on and try yourself out and no one believes you. And I had that chance uh, this year. And um, now I will say about the fifth thing is, I know cliche, but mm, global citizen year. Everything started there. Um, maybe I have been to so many cool places, but everything started with my peers from global citizen year. So I'm thankful for all. Okay, I said I was grateful for the internet, but look what my internet is doing now. So <laughs> did you hear the fifth one? Or yeah. it should stop? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so. I can repeat it once again because I know I stopped in the middle of somewhere. Yes, so you can yeah, fine. Like we'll cut that out. We'll cut that part out. And then you can, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and the fifth one is basically global citizen here because that's where everything has started. Uh, they were my backbone. The peers from my global citizen here cohort. They were my backbone for every single thing I have been doing for the longest period of time, basically. And not only with Enroot or with professional they were keeping me sane. And that's that's very important. Mm -hmm. So I have been a part of Global Citizen Year from August to December. No, I'm a Global Citizen Year for life, but I was just uh, being a part of the academy for this month. And mm -hmm. that was a time when I had the greatest quarantines out there. And I didn't have any friends basically to see or to visit. In Global Citizen Year, I didn't feel that. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't, I, they didn't let me to feel that and now is the time to be lonely because we were so connected. I woke up at 6 a.m. to have classes from Global Citizen Year because they were so amazing. And honestly, a year later, if I had a chance to re like renew this year and start again, see what I can do, I would never change. Even I still have goosebumps when I think about all the cool times of the Academy. And I think that the Academy is a blessing. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you, Abby, and thank the whole team for creating it because it is something that really saved us. <laughs> yeah, those are my five things that I'm grateful for. There are so many. I could stay here all night, but um, I think that those are something that I'm truly, truly grateful for this year. Yeah. In my whole life. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with the, with the last one. I think that, that I would definitely put that on my top list of the things that I'm grateful for. Because that was life changing. So, so Angela, what if there's any last thing? Let's say if anybody you know finds this this podcast, this episode, uh, you know, like a thousand years from now, like a you know a, like a floating scroll, uh, you know, and I found it in sea somewhere by some people of uh, other civilization. What will be the message that you would like to tell that people like a thousand years from now, our descendants? Wow, that's a good question. I'm not that a visionary for 10,000 years or something like that. But I just say, I will say the same. Just don't ever give up and listen to society. The society is toxic. That's their role to put you down. You're more than that. Be a rebel. Don't listen to anyone. I mean, not do bad things. Just do be a rebel for good things. Listen to your own heart. We all have something that we are born for. Sometimes that can change. I'm not constant. Everything can change. But go on to the things that make you truly happy because that's where you're excelled. So mm -hmm. just don't give up. Things never work out for the first time. That's, that's completely fair. 
they cannot even work out from the 20th time and that's completely fair, but they can work from the 100th time and you can be the greatest thing on the universe. So never give up and go, go further and don't listen to what your <laughs> aunties, uncles think about what you should do because you're far more than that. I mean, it's good to take advice. If they are uh, good for them, that's good. But if they say and put you in boxes, then man, get out of these boxes because you can, or girl, or whatever you are, just get out of the box and fight for it because you deserve it. You can, and everyone can. That's yeah. my, my advice. But I think a thousand years from now, this will be universal. But just if, if someone needs to hear that thousand years, if I stay constant, definitely just never give up. That's my motto for life. And, and one more, be optimistic. There is no use of being pessimistic. It's just a waste of time. Now, I know so many people who disagree and say that if you're very optimistic, you cannot see the reality. Maybe. But in this COVID, did you want to see the reality? Ah, man, it was very bad. So be optimistic. It always works out bad. Yeah, no, I, I think that I think that there is a strong case that can be made for optimism. I think that in times of crisis, the last thing you want to be is to be pessimistic or, or cynic uh, about your situation. So I think that, yeah, I think that that's why, like, whatever happened last year, I think that brought us together. I think that was because of, you know, sheer optimism. I think that it was not because of optim uh, you know, pessimism, it was because of optimism. So I think that there's a strong case. Yeah, solution. Exactly. Solutions never come away from pessimism because you know what's bad. You you know the uh, you know you know the not shining part of the tunnel. You know that there is dark. We know the dark side. Like we know the dark side with climate change, with COVID. We know that. We need someone to showcase the shining side. We need to showcase the the white side of the tunnel because that is something that we need to go. For the dark, we know. Well, we're all gonna die. I mean, that's the dark side, right? The earth will collapse. Everything will be a mess. We know that. And we don't need people saying that. The, we need people who will bring us to, to the light because that is where solutions coming from. Yeah, indeed. So uh, this is uh, the end of our podcast. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Angela, for joining. Uh, it was such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, it was such a pleasure to be here and talk I mean, this is what I do, like the best, talking to people. So thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure to be here. And I hope all of you listeners will have a great time. Just don't forget, never give up. Thank you. Right. Uh, thank you so much. Um, for those, if, if you want to check out uh, Angela Bruscheska's work, you can, uh, for you, so her website is angelabruscheska.com. Uh, you can find all of her works uh, there. And she's also open for, uh, you know, one-to-one -one, one conversations. Uh, for projects for, for if you have, if you have projects or your teenager you have projects you can definitely because she has done a lot of projects on her uh, website so she can definitely uh, help you out there so uh, yep that's it thank you if you enjoyed this episode please leave a like and share you can also find us on Instagram at globalstories.project. Thank you so much for listening.